Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome everyone to RB1 Cooling Fantasy Football Podcast, part of the Fake Teams Podcast channel. I am your humble host, uh, and well, I think the Patriots should tank for Trevor next year, and uh, the Patriots did the right thing by trading out of the first round. Peter Rogers and I am joined, as I am all the time, for NFL Draft Recap. Our expert in the film, the person who knows more about rookies college football, uh, talent scouting, the, the most intelligent uh, football mind we have on this show. My wife, Becca Rogers. Becca, how are you? I'm great, Pete. <laughs> Never better. Becca is thrilled that it is currently uh, 12.20 a.m. and that we are just now starting this after a 32-round first round. But She's a trooper. Isn't it always 32 rounds? It always is. <laughs> that number stays the same, even in the midst of a pandemic. We are still always having 32 teams in the NFL. Um, so the first round of the draft went through. Not as chaotic as maybe I thought it was going to be. It was not as uh, wildly exciting, which was a little upsetting. I'm going to be honest here. I wanted a lot more excitement going on, but of course we have... What did you have in mind? What, did, what were you hoping for? Just like a lot more action, a lot more trades, in the, especially oh. in the top 10 picks. I thought that there was going to be all kinds of movements back and forth amongst teams, um, and there was not. It went pretty, pretty much to script through the first, I would say, even really 10 picks. Like nothing, nothing too wild happened in there. Mm. Um, but yeah, so you, you took diligent notes throughout the, throughout the draft, and again, you're going to be coming with some expert insights that you can only really get here on the RB1 podcast. That's true. I can guarantee that they'll be 100% <laughs> based on nothing other than my contemporaneous thoughts. It's perfect. Uh-oh. <coughs> Luckily, that was a wet cough. Was it? I don't know. I don't know what the difference is. Uh, all right. Well, shall we begin? Sure. <laughs> Do you have anything you want to start us with? Um, well, I... <laughs> I'll also fess up to the fact that most of this will be read off of my notes, which, again, were contemporaneous. Um, Word of the day. The RB1 podcast brought to you by contemporaneous. (laughs) Well, I think I misused it the first time, so I wanted to use it correctly the second time to negate it. To negate the fact that you used it poorly. Yeah. Um, So my first line is, why am I crying? Um, <laughs> Give I us a backstory. I think on I've it. officially lost it. Well, so it was. I, I think you were actually gone for this. The whole draft opened with um, a commercial, essentially, that mm-hmm. was narrated by Payne Manning. Oh, and sure. It was just like about sports and how like unifying they are and how we need hope in this time. And then it like it went off the rails at the end and got like way. It went way too overboard, but. 
at first it was just like, oh my God, like this is a semblance of normalcy amidst like all of this uncertainty and disruption. And it just felt like it was like it was oh, touching. It was something hope. I can something I can, you know, support and feel heartened by instead of just like the never ending drone of, you know, coronavirus news. Um so you were crying. Cool, cool, cool. Good start to a draft. I don't know if I was crying. I was definitely tearing up. And then, and then my immediate second reaction, <laughs> apart from being like, okay, like wait, wait to take a good thing and make it bad NFL, like usual. Nailed it. And then, my second, my second line of thought was, this is so weird. It was like an episode of The Twilight Zone with just like Trey Wingo there, being <laughs> like, we're here and everything's normal. Hello, NFL draftees. Welcome to. The draft zone. We may be far apart, but we're never far <laughs> from you. It's like, oh. We are in your hopes. <laughs> yeah, so, and then um, Roger Goodell's entrance kind of confirmed my living nightmare, um, which was accompanied by Harry Connick Jr.'s Christmas Carol rendition of the national anthem. I also want to talk about how Trey Wingo introduced that as Harry Connick Jr. with help from his daughter. Yeah, I never saw a daughter. No, was total- she was she like under the piano manning the pedals? I don't I don't know where what role she played in all of this. Please don't let it be a thing where she's like she like passed away or something. Oh and god! It was like oh god! No. In spirit. Oh, that you was, should check that before. We should we should check. You we should it. see that. That would be there, awful. There's no there's way. There's no way. They would have said, no. said, like, in memory. She, she was just probably in bed or something. <laughs> she was just in bed. She was just in the house, and they're like, Harry Connick Jr., with his daughter, who's asleep right now, but she's there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. And then, and then, wow, blown away by the surprise appearance. Just, just really haven't even gotten to the draft, and and the NFL really pulling out the big guns here. Yeah, like this really. is like this is like an award show where it's like, hey, you thought we couldn't upstage like upstage this celebrity? Guess who we now <laughs> I, have I don't to think talk. Anyone has ever thought that about Harry Connick Jr. <laughs> no, Harry Connick Jr. <laughs> has has a lot of weight still in, in yeah. pop culture. <laughs> you know, Beyonce's like, oh, can't go after Harry oh, Connick fuck, Jr. I am not having a concert. No after way, Harry as long Connick as it's Jr. not after him. <laughs> Uh, no, but yeah, Dr. Fauci just making a guest appearance. Killing it. Do you think he's a football fan or do you think he's just doing his civic duty? I think he figures that this is, I think he's trying to use this as his one like alone time away from Trump on all the press briefings to be mm-hmm. like quickly spouting as much like accurate knowledge as possible. But mm-hmm. even then he didn't really use the platform to espout too much. No, no. no. It was kind of in keeping with the... The general Tone of vibe, the night. but he. Um, do you think he'd be a Jets fan or a Giants fan? Mm, that's a good question. Probably a Giants fan. I feel. Gi- I feel Giants. Yeah, I didn't realize he had such a strong New York. Yeah, team. it's it <laughs> shows you how much uh, we've been paying attention to his interviews and stuff. Yeah. 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 Eek. Should we get to the draft? Um, one more thing. <laughs> okay. Since when did Roger Goodell become the troll of the draft? As in the booing thing? Yeah, no, well, now he's like in on it. Oh yeah, it's no, it's not, it's lost all of its fun. I know. It was fun when we would when we would boo Goodell anytime he was on stage and he was kind of like oh, oh taken aback by it. And now that he's steering into it, now that it's like a donation thing, that like for every hashtag boo the commish that you tweet, there's like money is given to, which is like that's good. Good thing. That's yeah. a good. <laughs> like we support we support any cause that's out there, but it's like we don't support any <laughs> cause that's out there. 
<laughs> bold stance by the RB1 podcast. We support that cause, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It's 12.30. <laughs> you wanted to do this. I know. Okay. Uh, so the NFL draft then starts 15 minutes late. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Classic. Like, if we, if why, why couldn't all of this shit have been done 15 yeah, minutes before eight. Yeah, like let's let's show. let's if we're gonna start the draft at eight, let's start the draft at eight. Uh, Bengals on the clock. Bengals did what everyone thought they were going to do. They take Joe Burrow first overall. Becca, what's your insight in Joe Burrow as a uh, NFL prospect? Uh, not much <laughs> insight on that front, but I do have some feedback on the animations. Oh, ESPN's ESPN's wow. graphic team. Is they incredible? Are that was top some notch. Sims 2003 level <laughs> stuff. <laughs> like that was top notch. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So I did find it quite heartwarming. Um. The like the scene in his living room. Like it was just so human that like Joe Burrows and his parents were just staring at their phones, which were connected to the wall, <laughs> and like tot- almost totally oblivious to the camera in the room. It was just like, wow, it's all of You us. felt like you were just peering into their uh, their life. Yeah. Yeah, with their horrible shades. I know, and, and just so, like such reserved Midwesterners, where like even when I he know. was drafted, they were just like, They're oh, like, hug. Well done, it's Joe. Like, and like they were even containing their smiles, <laughs> like, oh, can't smile too much. <laughs> you know? I do, think, I do think that they, I'm pretty sure the Bengals told him before that pick was actually announced. So they probably oh. had already had a celebration. They just, I mean, yeah, I funny. just do think that this is like a small hit on Joe going into the NFL. Maybe work on your acting chops, you know? Like mm-hmm. you could have still faked the fact that this news was new for you. Yeah. And you could have maybe sold it a little bit better as like, oh my God, the Bengals. <laughs> wow. I just, don't think anyone has ever had that reaction. No, I don't think Bengals. so either. Uh, but I, I mean, he did have a little more like pep in his step. When, in the interview? During the interview, yeah. which I felt was, like, also very relatable. Like, he was self-conscious and kind of sheepish, and he had, like, you know, like... I mean, you forget that these people are, like, 22 years yeah. old. And, like, and his headphones were, like, kind of janky, <laughs> and he just looked so sweet. Yeah, yeah, 22-year-old. I mean, who knew that at that when you're that young, you're kind of a sheepish person. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. terrible thought. Speaking uh, of young, am I right? <laughs> what a transition. Pick number two, that's right. Washington takes Chase Young again. One of the other obvious picks. Like we said at the top, I feel mm-hmm. like the top ten picks kind of went as we thought they would go. So, Chase Young to Washington. Your stock. Um, I think he has a baby face. Um, yeah. Which he like tries to hide with his really great style, mm-hmm. and I just appreciate the sunglasses indoors look. I it is it is a style strong, that I feel yeah yeah strong statement for him. Do you think that it speaks more to like the brightness that you keep your your house at? Do you think it speaks more to your ability, your eyes' ability, to, people's ability to dilate, or is it more of just a pure fashion statement with no practical purpose? I think it's like it's a fashion statement and. He wants to like keep the mystery alive, you know. Because mm. the the eyes are the windows to the soul, and so mm-hmm. he wants to kind of keep his. And soul he wants to give himself an edge too, because maybe fair. he knows he has a baby face. Mm. I don't mean to say that pejoratively. I was just like struck by like how baby face, how like large and adult he was, but mm-hmm. also like he has a baby face. Baby, a young. If you're gonna take anything away 
from this. Could be his nickname. Chase Young, Babyface. Probably wouldn't like it that much, but. Chase Babyface Young. Well, his last name is Young, so Babyface then really kind of works. Mm. Cool. Cool. Pick number three, Detroit Lions. Thought I this this is <clears throat> those first two picks. Was something going to happen? Yeah, probably not. Number three, I thought there was going to be chaos. I thought that was going to be when all of the fun happens, and it wasn't. Detroit stayed there. They took Jeff Okuda, the right choice, the best corner in the draft. Uh, what is the what does his tape show you, Becca, about him and how he'll translate into the NFL? Jeff Okuda, more like Jeff Okuda. Um, I, that was all I took away from it, was that I, I found him very attractive. He looked like um, Chidi Aragonye mm. from The Good Place with his like, glasses and yeah. his sweater. <laughs> You've, and um, you feel like he's, I mean, since he's a professional athlete, I feel like this is probably true, but had a similar, like, wear a sweater vest, but underneath is, like, a pretty well-sculpted oh, yeah. body. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's, yeah. Right. I mean, he's a professional I mean, athlete. I mean, yeah. You think And so. a cornerback. And a cornerback. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. He looked, yeah, he, uh, yeah. I'd be excited if I were the Lions. <laughs> if only for that reason. If only for that reason. Literally only for that reason because I know nothing about him <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> Again, just, just, Seriously. no one, no one watches tape more, uh, than, than Becca. So, at pick number four, we had our first. Surprise pick? Again, the Giants, we knew, were likely going to address the offensive line, but they took Andrew Thomas, who wasn't necessarily on everyone's top uh, for offensive tackle talent, but still an extremely talented tackle. Like, this tackle uh, class was pretty deep, and so there was uh, clearly you can kind of take who you wanted in that top spot. Your feelings on this pick? Um, well, my feelings were that I, I appreciated that the um, NFL was – trying to incorporate maybe they always do this to a certain extent but they were like incorporating human in interest bits right they had a lot um, of stories they had a lot that's of stories that's a bad thing i know I, maybe i sounded like maybe that, that the way i said it sounded like yeah oh, they had a lot of stories it's great to share everyone's story there are a lot of stories yeah yeah well maybe some of them didn't need to be so long but um I just thought I, I found it particularly striking when um, I, can't, I can't remember which commentator was saying it, but they were he was talking about how Thomas plays percussion <laughs> and then defined percussion for everyone. Like that, but really, it just means he plays the drums. I'm like, I I think we all know what percussion is. Like, and also, it's probably very offensive to percussionists mm, to just yes. reduce it to playing the drums. Right. Right, like how would you know? he like? Uh, I mean, as an oboist, I tell us yes. I couldn't march with my oboe. It's a double reeded instrument, obviously. Naturally, everyone knows that. So I had I played percussion, and sure. yes, I played the drums sometimes, but also I played the bells, and the cymbals. Yeah. I mean, percussion is. There's a whole litany of, of instruments. It's an that orchestra are unto itself. Wow. In some ways. I I mean, know? I just so you maybe have maybe you the listeners would listen to uh, other draft grade podcasts. Maybe you've done your own research. How many other shows are you learning really the extent as to which uh, the number of instruments that are under the title of percussionist? Yeah. And, oh, I think, and I'm just scratching the surface. Well, and I think Andrew Thomas would certainly appreciate the fact that you are coming, you are approaching this with a, a much more open view about what a, being a percussionist truly means. It's, I it's, care about the whole person. Right. Yeah. Exactly. 
Well, and and someone who's dedicated their lives to being a percussionist, mm. that that is that's an ad- admirable path to take. Right. Right. Until he decided to give that up for the oh, that's right, yeah. mildly less profitable uh, mm. business of going into the NFL. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so then the pick number five, the Dolphins, they tanked for Tua. They got Tua. Everything worked out in their favor. I'm happy that this happened. We can talk We can talk a little bit of fantasy here. If Tua is healthy, I think this is a perfect landing spot for him. The Dolphins do have pretty good weapons there. You have Preston Williams. You have Devontae Parker, who's broken out. Mike Kosicki, a tight end. Um, and then I'm sure they'll probably address something more in the uh, in the second round of the draft. But if Tua is healthy, I think this is a good landing spot for him. What were your feelings on on the pick? Because this was one that, I mean, from the beginning of time, this was the move that Miami wanted to do from the mm. beginning of, of this season. This is why? what they wanted to do. Because this, this was the whole tank for Tua. This is why they were throwing their season into the pooper, was mm. to go get Tua tackled by Loa. Um, who was the best quarterback prospect, but then he got injured. Joe Burrow came out of kind of nowhere to, like, really ascend. Um, and still, Tua's an extremely talented quarterback. It's just the injuries is going to be a little bit of a check mark uh, for him coming into the league. But if he can stay healthy, he's got ton- all the talent in the world. And the Dolphins no longer have, you know, they got their quarterback of the future. We'll see how it rides with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to be clear, I knew that. I just wanted right. to Right, well, you wanted you. me to share yeah. my... My, right. what the, I didn't the want little, you to feel... Well, yeah, I need to bring a little bit to, yeah. the, to the table on this show. Sure, yeah. So my main takeaway was that Tua's family makes the Burrow family <laughs> look like the Kardashians. <laughs> they were, like, ultra-stoic. Mm. I mean, I could use some of that right now, yeah. honestly. I feel like I wear my emotions on my sleeve too much, and they were just like, you know what, this is... And they're like, pats on the back. Yeah. Well done. I'm proud of you, but also... We have other things to do. They, well, it was what? We we looked this up. It was 3 p.m. in, 3 in, 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 Miami, in Hawaii, Miami. But it looks so dark. It did look Strange. really dark there. Um, yeah. Yep, that's all I have. <laughs> let's, uh, let's then, so then the Chargers, we back-to-back quarterbacks, again, expected Justin Herbert going to Los Angeles. I, again, like this pairing from a fantasy standpoint. A lot of people, we've talked on the show before, uh, Herbert compares slightly to Josh Allen, and we know that we on this show are not huge Josh Allen fans. Uh, Strong arm, erratic passer, but I do think that he fits in nicely with this offense, with Keenan Allen, with Mike Williams, with Hunter Henry, with Austin Eckler in the uh, backfield. That's a lot of offensive talent for him to be throwing the ball to, and you knew the Chargers were going to take a quarterback uh, because – I mean, we love you, Tyrod, but Tyrod Taylor's not who you're running into the 2020 season with when you're opening up a stadium. Clearly, you have all the same thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, first off, he's huge. I don't know. Like, is that com- is six six a common height for a quarterback? For a quarterback? That's pretty. That's pretty tall. For I feel a like they average between six four and six five. They used oh, to they so, are, like, so they are that big. Yeah, you're you're starting to get smaller guys now, like Russell Wilson. That was the big knock on Russell Wilson and Drew Brees was like, mm. well, they're like six foot or under. Can they see over the offensive line? Kyler Murray last year mm. is a big deal because he's like five eleven maybe. Um but but yeah, I mean the prototypical quarterback is always like, you know, a big guy with a cannon for an arm. So Justin Herbert certainly fits that mold extremely well. Yeah. It seems he seems like a gunslinger in the making. Um, 
and maybe he can use his massive hands to resuscitate the Charger's fan base. Nice. Yeah. Did they have massive hands? I wasn't paying I attention. I don't know. I mean, he's tall, so I assume. You just assume. Yeah. Okay. And I guess maybe they made a statement. I don't know. Oh. I mean, they do measure hand size at the combine, so they have like the accurate Do they actually? Number. They do. Oh, well, we should small fact hand, check that. Small hands, you don't want small hands because well, then you can't hold on to a football and you'll fumble it more. Mm. Science. Literally. Uh, pick number seven, the Panthers go with Derek Brown to shore up that defensive line. Now, I do have to quickly say something. I saw this coming out later. Isaiah Simmons was on the board, who seemed like a perfect fit for this team who's rebuilding their defense. He can play literally every position on the def- in the defense. But uh, the quote was something to the effect of Isaiah Simmons... <laughs> Isaiah Simmons was such a good player that they felt that he would be better on another team than on their team. What? So they didn't take them. That was their that was their mm-hmm. reasoning as to why they didn't take uh, Isaiah Simmons. So they went with Derek Brown, who's a big presence in the middle of that defense. Not a bad pick, but maybe if you're rebuilding your defense, uh, getting a guy who can play outside corner, slot corner, safety, and linebacker might be helpful. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I only have comments on the human interest side of things, Hit which um, I just think his story is the American story you love to hear. Mm. You know, he Tell comes from a military family. He's committed to his education. Um, he's a hard worker. If the NFL doesn't work out, maybe he should consider trying out for The Bachelor, you know? Oh, interesting. Okay. I think, is he also the one who has, like, political ambitions? I, I don't he know. he does. Well, yeah, he talked about him, well. like, wanting to... I think his nickname is like Baby Barack or something. Oh. Yeah. Did you miss this? Were you I must have missed this. Well, you're probably taking Bird out. I was probably taking Bird out. Um, wow, Derek Brown. So now we have two baby nicknames already in the NFL draft. I know. Babyface and Baby Barack. Yeah, well, we didn't come up with the Baby Barack. No, be, but we came up with the Baby Face. And I feel like the Baby Face will stick more to the Baby Barack. So then at eight, the Cardinals do take Isaiah Simmons and clearly the best pick in the draft, right, Becca? Yeah, yeah, so fast. He's so fast, right? He, he was, was fast. He was the fast one. He, he I was, just have he four exclamation points. And so that just confirmed how fast he was mm-hmm. in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you also you looking at me saying, "Oh my gosh, that's so fast." <laughs> it is. That fast. was kind of a giveaway. Well, he was a big. He's a big guy and he runs fast. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It was that he was big and he was fast. Well, he, he uh, whatever two thirty or two forty. Yeah. Running a four four. Right. It's pretty impressive. Super impressive. You can tell. We all know what that means. I mean, you are I mean, impressed. I can't stop talking about it. Clearly. Four exclamation points. <laughs> um, also, I appreciate the fierce looks that he and his family were giving tonight. Mm. You know, this goes to a lot of the families. It makes me think that I should consider like putting on a bra or wearing something <laughs> that's like not made of sweatsuit material, because that's pretty much all I've been serving up lately. <laughs> been five weeks of this yeah i'm starting to merge with my sweatshirts mm. Mm. it's nice things are going well in the rogers <laughs> household quarantine is treating us all very well mm-hmm. uh at nine the jacksonville jaguars took cj henderson to help replace jalen ramsey who they traded away and aj boye who they traded away getting the best well the second best corner in the draft what do you got for us um i'm gonna save my searing insight on this one um to keep the mystery alive oh nice Slash, I went to the bathroom during this pick, so Perfect. couldn't give my contemporaneous <laughs> feedback. And again, the RB1 podcast brought to you by Contemporaneous. <laughs> All right. Use it in a sentence. Impress <laughs> your friends. 
Do you want to sound smart in front of your friends? Use the word contemporaneous. It's such a perfect word. They won't really know what it means or whether or not you're using it right. It's pretentious light. <laughs> it's a seltzer. It's a, now, it's a spiked seltzer. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, so let's finish up the top 10. We have the Browns doing what we all thought they would do, which is addressing their offensive line. Jarek Wills going there. Uh, solidifying that position and getting Baker Mayfield much-needed protection in order to utilize all of the weapons that Cleveland has. Fantasy-wise, this is what you want to see. I'm hoping that with a full season of Odell and and Baker and this offseason and a, a coach that can come in and actually maybe take advantage of all these pieces, that we will see the Browns offense be the fantasy juggernaut and just general like offensive explosion that we kind of hope and wanted it to be last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only thing I couldn't get past his last name because it reminded me of that time that we stayed at the B and B, where the guy's name was Wills. Mm. His first name was Wills. Yeah, and he was like a human-sized penis. He was like the worst <laughs> person. <laughs> I hope they don't um, listen to this podcast. I mean, I, I, I'm sure they do because we have probably tens do. of listeners. But but yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah Wills. Uh, so that's a low bar for Wills everywhere, sure. but, and I have faith that Jedrick will exceed it. Well, it, and he yeah. has the added benefit that it's his last it's name. It's his last his name. name. It makes much more sense. The first name, the first name is a hard thing to... That's like me calling you Peter's Oof. or Becca's. Like it doesn't, I don't know. It applies like a, pl- I don't know. No. Not a fan. It, well, it just implies that there's like multiple of you. Yeah. Maybe there are. Interesting. Well, I'm in sure there. Are, I'm sure there are multiple Beckas in the world. <laughs> I mean, I don't think Becca's, maybe Becca's that unique of a name. Is there proof? Um, should we knock out? Should we start doing uh, maybe multiple picks? Speed this up. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. Okay. All right. So then, with that, we had the Jets at 11, Raiders at 12, and Buccaneers at 13. We'll talk. We'll tackle those three guys. Uh, Mackay Becton goes to the Jets at 11. Henry Ruggs. With a little little surprise, going being the first wide receiver off the board, going to the Raiders at twelve, and then Tristan Wolfs, Wolfs, excuse me, Tristan Wolfs, uh, to the Buccaneers at thirteen. Your thoughts on those three picks? Let it ride, Becca. Uh, so for Becton, I he seems like a sure Becht. Um, he's <laughs> so big and so fast, um, and he may just take the Jets from dismal to disappointing. Wow. Uh, which, I mean, we all got to start somewhere. I mean, that's a vast improvement for them. Yeah, so. totally. Round of applause for the Jets. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I have a note here that says Trey Wingo's overview was cringeworthy. That was kind of par for the course tonight. I mean, I don't want to be too hard on Trey Wingo because he had a tough job. But, but Trey. Yikes. Some of these... Some so, of these backstories were like the some way of the they segues. were told. Yikes! Um, no. Don't have much to say about Henry Ruggs. Uh, he was in a robe, so mm-hmm. and I'm not the first person to make this joke, but here's hoping that he's at home in Las Vegas and that, at, you know, like at home as at home as he was in his living. Oh, because he you was know, in a, he's wearing a robe. Got it. Got yeah. it. Got it. If he feels as comfortable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Quickly, I do. I don't. I'm still figuring out exactly how I feel about Henry Ruggs in Las Vegas with the Oakland Raiders or with the Las Vegas Raiders now. I think I've long said on this podcast, Henry Ruggs is a legit number one wide receiver. He's not just a deep speed guy. Mm -hmm. Um, And the Raiders certainly need a number one receiver. Uh, But I'm a little worried that Derek Carr, as someone who doesn't love to throw the ball downfield or really push it, I don't know what Henry Ruggs is going to 
exactly what Harry, Henry Ruggs is uh, uh, kind of ceiling or role is going to be in 2020 uh, for fantasy purposes. I still like him definitely in dynasty leagues, but I, I want to see a little bit more and see what this offense is uh, before I kind of make a, or pull any triggers on, on Henry Ruggs in terms of redraft leagues. That being said, there still is plenty of targets that he could be seeing mm. uh, coming his way. So PPR, maybe he's someone to keep eyes on just because there's mm. not that, not, not a lot of people uh, playing in, playing in Las Vegas in that offense right now, but we're moving on to 13 with the Buccaneers. Yeah, Tristan Wirfs. That content, that was my favorite mm-hmm. backstory, probably. The, you know, he laid out the red carpet for his mom. Mm, yes. That he was like a super weightlifter. I love that when these ath- when these players are just like m- multi-sport athletes and like the top athlete at every, in at each of those it's sports. Just like, it's one of those things so where when you watch any professional sport, obviously, but like football or like the draft and you maybe are looking at these people, maybe not a lot of people have this thought. I sometimes have this thought where you're like, well, if I really put my mind to it, maybe I could have been a professional athlete. I never have that thought for what it's worth. And then you're like, oh, no, no, no. These people are like genetic anomalies and my Mm. sorry ass would not have ever like touched the ground that they touched. Hmm. I don't know if that's true. Maybe not his ground. Well, but, thank you. Um, and also the jump from the pool. Oh my god, yeah, that was fucking. He insane. jumped out of the pool. How? How? how of like four feet of water is bananas. That is absurd. Uh, yeah, and he's also a fellow child of the corn. So we were both born in. Well, actually, I don't know where he was born, but he's from Iowa. Oh, so I there was you go. born in You're Iowa. You're born in Iowa, so. Um. So I hope he terrorizes the NFL as a Buccaneer. <laughs> Well played. Thank Protecting you. Thomas Brady. I don't like that. Uh, all right. Picks 14, 15, and 16. The 49ers take Javon, took Javon Kinlaw. Uh, kind of a shock here. I thought they were going to go wide receiver, but they did not. The Broncos then start the wide receiver or get uh, their pick between Jerry Judy and C.D. Lamb, and they take Jerry Judy. And then the Falcons take A.J. Terrell. Start us off at the top. Javon Kinlaw. Well, I thought Derek Brown was the peak American story, but really, it's but really? Javon Kinlaw. Oh. Which is, I mean, he's just the epitome of the of resilience, right? Like, I mean, he, I know he's not the first NFL player to have been homeless at some point in his life, but it's just wild to think that he went from, like, that sort of insecurity to being... Yeah. To I mean, a top, a top, fi- a, a top first round pick. Yeah. Yeah. Draft pick. Um... Yeah, and everyone was saying this is a smart pick. The commentators, the analysts, my husband. Boom. Uh, so if I had to pick one word to describe this pick, it would be sharp. <laughs> I had to keep you on your toes there. <laughs> Maybe I should just cut it. <laughs> what? What's the sharp had to keep you on your toes there? <laughs> like in, I was going to say smart, but I said oh, sharp instead. Got it. No, I like that. I like that. No, you're no, keeping you us on our toes. It. You're keeping no, us on our to toes. Cut it all. Oh no, it's definitely staying in there. Cut everything. So the Broncos. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, I thought it was so cruel. This he was. It didn't only happen to Jerry Judy, but I thought it was so cruel that he was the last to know. Like they announced the pick, and then it was. I mean, I guess it happened to a lot of players, but it seemed like there was a bigger delay where it was like everyone knew the t- pick was announced, and then it. Just oh, then it cuts cut to them. To them, and it was like. Radio silence, like, <laughs> looking at the phone. Um, but, yeah, maybe 
maybe Judy will put Denver on the map again, or at least help me remember what the QB's <laughs> name is, because I couldn't tell you that for well, the life of me. That's that's a uh, that's not on you. Literally, the last one I remember, I think, is Trevor Simeon, which was like wow. years ago. Wasn't well, it? yeah, but that's that's or also Brock a random ass before. one to pull out. Trevor that. Simeon. Wasn't he? Didn't he? Yeah, he played there. Was he a quarterback for Minnesota at any point? Is that I don't why think I would so. remember him? I don't know why I remember him. I don't know. That's a random one. <laughs> That's a random name to pull out as the last Broncos quarterback you remember. That's uh, my deep knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Judy in Denver. I really like this landing spot for him. I talked about this a little bit on our Instagram story, which you can go follow, uh, Fake Teams. But, uh, him paired with Cortland Sutton, that's a, going to be a really dynamic wide receiver, young wide receiver duo. The This is all going to come down to Drew Locke and whether or not Drew Locke can actually put it together uh, in his sophomore season because he's is got... that the quarterback? That's the quarterback. Okay. That's the quarterback. You can lock that away in your mind. Yeah, I'm just I'm just helping our other listeners, you know. Perfect. No, yeah. that's... Yeah. Um, so I do like... I like the landing spot for Judy. Yeah. Um, I don't have really any notes for... Uh, AJ Terrell, um, really all stream of consciousness there. Um, although, did you notice, or was it just me, that the theme song kind of kept changing, or they were using like different? The diddly doo Yeah, I don't know. It just uh, like it. Cha- it sounded like a like a high school band mixed with like a Jetsons theme song hmm. at this point in time, according to my notes. And then I noted it changed later too. And I, maybe I'm just distorting maybe you're just it in maybe my you're head. just getting a little. Yeah, I mean it was late. You were just, your brain was shutting down. Mm. That's fair. Uh, so what's happening at that point? What's happening now? Oh, my goodness. This is why this is a great podcast. Uh, since we're halfway through the draft, and we're also then halfway through the podcast, we're going to take a quick ad break. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we are back. We are now at pick 17, and this is Becca giving her expert insight into what the uh, NFL draft has to offer and what, what we all saw go down. Pick 17, 18, and 19. The Cowboys take C.D. Lamb. i going to toot my own horn here. Uh, predicted this in mm-hmm. my mock draft, my last mock draft that I posted, in which I purposely took a the wrong but a realistic pick for every player mm. or for every team. And C.D. Lamb fell to the Cowboys at 17, and I took him, and holy mackerel, this came to fruition. I don't know how it happened. Um, Moving on, then the Dolphins took Austin Jackson, uh, offensive tackle, and the Raiders, again with their other pick, take uh, Damon Arnett, who is a cornerback. We'll talk about him when we get there. But let's start with the C.D. Lamb pick uh, and your thoughts on that. 
first, I want to start with um, Lewis Riddick's delay, which uh, I found so relatable. Incredible. It was like just long enough that if you were on that call, you would like DM him, but not long enough that you would unmute yourself to let him know that. Like, oh, it was his it was sucked. like every time when they passed it to him, I was just like, just as I was in my head, going to yeah. be like, Lewis. They just started talking. I was yeah. like, Oh my god, it was. This a, is- it was the like <laughs> anticipation that you feel in your throat, like. Uh, Oh God! I need to tell you to talk. You're dead air. Yeah. Um. Also, a close up of Mike McCarthy that no one did. Yeah. And he Mike went, McCarthy. You called that. Too. Mike McCarthy winning the award for being way too close to the camera, unnecessarily close. Yeah. You I was also was disturbed happen. by how much fun Roger Goodell was having. Like the whole like clapping bit. And, the, the the the. Are we are we are we touching on this now? I mean, we can. It just seemed like he was having a great time because he was—he got to do it all from his little the, little the whole den. the whole Roger Goodell like interacting with the groups of fans thing. It felt like so forced and not a fan. It would every time it happened, all I could think of was the is like the classic. Oh hey, I didn't see you there. It's like he was like back to the camera. Yeah. It's like hey fans, be louder. Then he would turn and be like, oh hey. There's a draft pick that I needed to make. It was just just a terrible, just terrible conceptually. Not a, I understand like trying to rope in fans and trying to create the like fandom support, but no, they should have just yeah. passed on that entire thing. And yeah, they did for some picks. They did for some picks. They didn't even have the fans there. And I just do you think Ro- there were Roger Goodell like had? What do you think his conversations were like in between picks? By himself, I sitting do in that not. Basement. I literally don't think he had said anything. I think he just stared, or like maybe sipped water. Conserve energy. <laughs> Oiled his. <laughs> Oiled his joints. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's fair. I don't know. Maybe took a. I don't know. Well, he did change his outfit halfway through. Did he really? Someone pointed it out on Twitter. I totally missed it. I totally. He went from a suit to like a something more casual. Yeah. I kind of did pick you up know? on that actually because the vibe felt different. Yeah, well he definitely wanted us to feel at home Loosened with him in his, his basement. Tie. Yeah, you know, Ooh. get comfy, get cozy. Someplace I never want to be. Ugh. Um back to C D Lamb. Yes. Um he has some very good bone structure. So if football mm. doesn't work out, consider modeling. Call oh. you. <laughs> and then call me. And then call no, get, call me get first. Good, and then you can rope him into a modeling career. Yeah, I could be his agent. Perfect. Um I do think that this makes Dallas. I do think this makes Dallas a little scary, um, but also, am I really that worried about it with Mike McCarthy as the head coach? Um, we Ooh, all know how fired. that went last time. Wasted a generational talent. Oh, we'll, we'll get to of, that. Field of weapons. So I don't know, but he he does seem like a talented player, and Dak Prescott is a talented quarterback. So yeah, it's this is this is from a fantasy standpoint. I don't think it's the best landing spot for CD Lamb, uh, mm. fantasy wise, because there are teams like if he had gone to the Raiders or if he had gone to the Jets or a team where they are in desperate need of a number one wide receiver, mm. he would have just walked into such a workload that uh, he would have been putting up wide receiver wide receiver two numbers with with ease. With Dallas, he's perceivably behind Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. Uh, and Ezekiel Elliott is still on that team. So there's a lot of mouths to feed, and he is not the priority. This is a huge boost for Dak Prescott, though. Dak Prescott has another chance to be a QB1 this year uh, in terms of fantasy just because of the amount of weapons he has and the amount of uh, players that defenses are going to have to worry about this year. So huge boost for huge boost for Dak Prescott. Kind of lukewarm on, on C.D. Lamb's actual fantasy value this year. Mm-hmm. Couldn't agree more. That's what we're here for. 
Um, I have no thoughts on Austin Jackson. I was also on a bathroom break. Okay. Um, You're not going to talk about that note right there? Oh, yeah. My last note on C.D. Lamb is just, fuck you, Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones, who called in from his, I saw this, $250 million yacht. Uh, so yeah, fuck him. Go fuck yourself, Jerry He's Jones. the worst. Go fuck yourself. Um, yeah, so you can talk about Austin Jackson if you want to. Dolphins got an offensive tackle. There we go. <laughs> That's all you need. Um, and then Damon Arnett, uh, this is where things started getting a little... <laughs> Frisky. A little, a little exciting. A little exciting where Roger Goodell <laughs> proclaimed Las Vegas as the oh my god as the host of the 2020 draft. That was great. And Roger you, Goodell like, forgetting how time works. You also pointed this out too, like as he was reading from the card, he realized his mistake and his face fell and it was like this internal battle of whether or not he was going to go back and correct himself. Yeah. He's, like, he's like, Las Vegas will host the 2020 NFL draft now. With the 19th pick in the in 2020, 2020 NFL draft, <laughs> you're like, oh, no, Goodell, no. Oh. It was perfect. Um, I also didn't realize this until I was on Facebook after the fact, that that just, like, totally screwed Green Bay, who was supposed to host it in 2022. And everyone's now out. Everyone's out to get you. Won't be able to host it until, like, 2024. So that sucks for Green Bay. Um, this was a shocking pick. We'll 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 okay. we'll say it there. I did not or not. I did not expect uh, Arnett to be a. Was a it first because he pick. was it because he quit the game and then was like. I just I, I just think that there there are plenty of other corners on the uh, on mm. people's boards who a lot of people had ahead of him. This uh, was Gruden, wasn't it? This he, was this the... is, yeah. It's it's Gruden being crazy. Yeah. Gruden and and um, Mike Mayock. Mm. They like to they they do their own thing. Shake things up. Yeah, they're crazy. Uh, 2021 and 22, the Jaguars selected a 20, they took Kayvon, uh, Chason, Clavon, Kayvon? I think it's Kayvon. Or is it Clavon? Oh, I don't know. I, don't know. I, I probably mistyped it. Well, cut that out. Yeah. Okay. So at 20, the Jaguars took Kayvon Chason. I believe that's how you say his name. Could be totally wrong. Uh, and then the Eagles took Jalen Ragor at number 21. And then 22, the Vikings took Justin Jefferson, uh, Start at the top, Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I think this guy seems impressive. Um, I love a versatile linebacker. Gotta love him. R.I.P. Clay Matthews. He's not dead, but no, but his career with the Packers is dead. Sure. Um, and uh, I don't know why I wrote this. And a good off the street story. What does that mean, Becca? I don't. I, he came. He was just. Off oh, he the came street off good. the street. Oh yeah. We we. He was the one. Yeah yeah. He was the one who like went to an LSU football tryout with his friend just to watch. Oh really? And then the guy was I like, was not like attention. put on like put on some cleats or something. So he like put on borrowed someone's cleats, and then LSU offered him a spot on the team, which is like his friend must be pissed unless his friend also. <laughs> made it, Can like, you imagine being like, hey, you guys want to you want to come on down to this practice with me, and then you don't make it, but your friend who just like happens to be an athletic freak just like yeah. steps on the field, yeah. That was that was very impressive to me. Mm, I mean, I, that is very impressive. What more is there to say? I guess not <laughs> anything. <laughs> I guess not anything. Sorry. Um, Jalen Rhaegar. 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 
I, as in the heir to the Iron Throne who saved his lineage by marrying Lyanna Stark and siring the noble-born Fire Eyes King Jon Snow? I think they are one and the same. No? Yeah. Just a great wide receiver? Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so proud of that. I'm so proud. That was very good. I, I was drawing a blank on him because I had not listened to most of the Because <laughs> <laughs> you were thinking of that. You're like, how can I make a great Game of Thrones reference here? How can I really show my bona fides? Uh, bona fides. Bona, bona fides? Bona fides? <laughs> bona fides? This is now... It's 1 a.m. This is now it. <laughs> um, Jalen Ragor and, and, well, do you want to quickly talk about Justin Jefferson? Because I feel like these two guys are, are, I can talk, grouped. Yeah. Well, is everyone in this draft from LSU? Yeah, there's a lot of LSU guys Huge in this draft. Louisiana. It was a very loaded team. Yeah. Um... Well, at least this LSU alum doesn't have to change his heinous colors, right? He goes right from purple and gold to purple and gold. That's true. Um, also loved Mike Zimmer's backdrop. Yeah. Just doing the Midwest proud the, there. The, uh, the insight that you got into coaches' houses, Yeah. it really, I feel like... Surprisingly sparse, actually. Well, I also feel like that, like it, it pretty much coincided with exactly who you thought. Mm. Like it was pretty on par with, like, oh yeah, this is exactly mm-hmm. what it was like. Like you're right, Mike Zimmer had like this big fireplace in the background with a, a mounted boar head or something like that yeah. over it. It's like, yeah, that feels very Mike Zimmery. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm actually a little bit worried about this pick because um, Kirk cousin. I mean, not. Not for fantasy purposes, for my team. For, for, for the Packers. For the Packers, because Kirk Cousins has proven that he's less mediocre than we all thought. Amen. Um, and Justin Jefferson seems like a good deep field threat. Yeah, so so I love this landing. Justin Jefferson um, was one of the most productive wide receivers in college football last year at, at LSU and comes in, fills the Stefan Diggs role and is going to offer all kinds of stuff that the, that this offense can do with. I think that he and along with Jalen Rhaegar are two guys who have stepped into huge openings for them to really produce. Rhaegar especially since the Eagles had really no one else. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, I guess, is the closest guy. Um, Alshon Jeffrey, if you want to consider him a, a valuable player there, I guess. But really, it seems like Rhaegar is going to be or was drafted to be the number one guy in Philly. So that's going to be a huge target load that he's going to walk into. And Justin Jefferson is just immensely talented. Uh, and I think that he's going to play really well with Adam Thielen and give Kirk Cousins a really legit uh, number two wide receiver to play with. Or it could go horribly wrong. Or, or it could all crash and burn. There's just no connection between Cousins and Jefferson. Just like the 23rd pick. Because you were in the bathroom. I was in the, I didn't even miss the name. And and you were the one taking the notes. So I don't know who the 23rd pick was. Yeah. I don't remember at all. So sorry. Do your own research. <laughs> <laughs> we can't provide everything. Uh, so then pick number 24. The Saints take Cesar Ruiz, uh, the center, who was kind of climbing people's boards uh, leading up to the draft. I don't necessarily know if people had him consensus as a first-round pick, but it seemed like a good get for the Saints. Uh, it made sense around there. Yeah, it seems like somewhat of a like personnel personality thing, mm, too. Like sure. He seems like a good coachable player. Um, also had a, you know... Had a good story. Yeah, tugged at the heartstrings. Mm-hmm. And he's from Michigan. I think he's the only first-round... Wolverine. Wolverine, yeah. This draft, at least. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, are we are we not doing the three at a time? Oh, anymore? we can do. Th- so then the 49ers took uh, Brandon Ayuk. Uh, I think they actually traded up with the. Uh, oh, the pick twenty three. I do know pick twenty three because yeah. that was the Patriots, and then we traded out of it, and uh, the Chargers traded into it, and it was uh, Kenneth Murray, athletic linebacker. I really wanted the Patriots to get Kenneth Murray or Patrick Queen. They didn't get either. They traded back. Very Belichick move. Great get for the Chargers. Are they tanking the season? Tanking the season. Blow it all up. Uh, 49ers trade up to get Brandon Nayuk. Kyle Shanahan gets another wide receiver to pair with Debo Samuel. Like, I, I, I can't say enough about Kyle Shanahan's offense. Like, I think mm. at this point we are just basically you plug a wide receiver in it, they're going to have fantasy value. So, mm. I mean, I, it is like we've iterated many times. It's 1 a.m., have I put together my whole list as to how these wide receivers stack now that we know where they're going to be in terms of fantasy? No. But Brandon Ayuk, I think, is going to be a very viable guy, given the fact that it's not a lot of competition there outside of Debo Samuel uh, and George Kittle in uh, San Francisco for that for that passing game. So I, I think, And he's an extremely talented wide receiver, mm. so I think that that is a, a good landing spot for him. Uh, yeah. And he's got a huge wingspan. Which and a is massive wild. wingspan, which wild. is something that, like, I don't think if, if no one had said it, I don't know yeah. if I necessarily would have seen it. But then when you when someone points it out and you watch clips of him, you're like, oh, my God, those arms are, like, dragging. Yeah. Those arms seem like a, they're past his knees. It's enormous. Oh it's a weird, weird thing to watch. Um, now. Oh, man. Now we get to pick number 26. The big one. The big one. Now for listeners at home who don't know this, Becca is a diehard Packers fan. Mm. And with uh, Patrick Queen on the board, with a couple wide receivers on the board, with a lot of players still out there on the board, the Packers trade up to get quarterback of the future, Jordan Love. Your thoughts, Becca? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I am really worried about this um and I didn't love this pick at all like I thought that this was the classic like maybe like blow it up or like or be crafty or mm-hmm. creative kind of like gameplay and or I mean strategy and um I just think it's gonna be disastrous honestly like I think Rogers like resented coming in and not being able to play He's he. This is not going to escape him. Not only because everyone's talking about it, but it's also just like that. This symbolism there is going to be tough for this him to get around. This is not going to sit well. And he doesn't have any. Like he doesn't tar- He doesn't target or hasn't had much success targeting anyone but Devontae Adams. And so he like I just I think this could spell doom for Packers Nation. For I mean with I mean this is maybe a little bit of an exaggeration, but like I could see it. Like, just Rodgers wasting the rest of his career, retiring bitter, or going somewhere else. And then we're, like, hanging our hopes on Jordan Love, Love, who, I mean, I guess I wasn't really following football as closely when when Rodgers was drafted. But, like, I haven't heard anything about him. I don't know if he has the potential to be a franchise quarterback. But it's just, like, I just thought that this was a really – Risky pick from a personnel standpoint, and it, it essentially sent a message that they're like they're not giving up on Rodgers, but their priority is not making their priority is not enabling Rodgers mm. to win a Super Bowl yeah. or two. It's building the, a team of 
a team for the future. Their it, team. And the weird thing is that they moved up for him. Yeah. I don't. I, and do you think he would have gone early? I, like I don't think so. The picks between between them and the Packers between twenty six and thirty, where the Packers initially would take Seahawks, Ravens, Titans. I like I don't. Someone must have. I wonder if a team was thinking that they were going to trade up for him. If that was what the Packers were worried about, the Seahawks and the Ravens weren't going to take him at all maybe the titans would have but like i don't i have no idea no the trading up seems is weird that is that is a weird move i think that you're right that it is certainly a a pick for the packers rather than pick for like the aaron Rodgers packers Mm -hmm. um and maybe though maybe they're just anticipating that with all this wide receiver talent that someone will get pushed down to them in the second round yeah. Or that they can make a move to uh, to get someone in the second round, but it does feel like. But then again, if you have a very another seamless transition, yeah. if you're going from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers to Jordan, fifteen years of Jordan Love, eh, maybe it's worth it. People people were tossing around the Patrick Mahomes comparison. I mean, people are going to do that. Yeah. But uh, but you, if he turns out to be that. Then you look back on that and you're like, well, that wasn't a bad pick. Yeah. I mean, Matt LaFleur seemed pretty excited about it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I personally can't wait for Bill Belichick to send a third round pick to the Packers to get Aaron Rodgers. And all of a sudden the Patriots now are <laughs> back and kicking and we are Super Bowl ready, oh, baby. I cannot imagine Aaron Rodgers in the oh, Bill Belichick what if it happens? scheme. I can't. Would, um, you, would you root for a Patriots, an Aaron Rodgers led Patriots? No. No. Mm-mm. No, your allegiance is to the team, not the player. Yeah. Oh, okay. Of course. Okay. I mean, I, I'm not against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers led Tom Brady. Wait. Tom Brady led Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are leading Tom Brady. Hmm. Well, maybe they are. Maybe they are. Um, also, I just wanted to say that like the, the, this was another cringeworthy moment where Trey Wingo was... Trying to do, trying to honor the family's wishes and like telling the story of Jordan Love's father, and it just came out in a really unfortunate way, and it felt like it was kind of shaming and stigmatizing mental health issues, and I just found that very off-putting. Um, and it like not only did I think the whole, it was not necessary, kind of color if if they wanted to include it, they should have done a better job of how they like kind of told the story so yeah that's, no that's fair uh pick number 27 the seahawks took jordan brooks who's a linebacker um wow <laughs> things things hit a hit a mood at this point this is a very seahawks pick in which there was a patrick queen uh, sitting there for them and they decided to go with not him and instead mm. took a linebacker who you were like Oh, okay, sure, question mark. So are you surprised that Patrick Queen fell so far? Uh, not particularly, but I am surprised that like a linebacker, w- another linebacker was taken ahead of him right quick before, and I am annoyed as a Patriots fan and as a fan of the AFC uh, that the Ravens, a team <clears throat> who needed a linebacker, who needed basically exactly what Patrick Queen was, mm. had Patrick Queen just fall. Very nicely in their lap mm. at 28. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I know I've had searing insight up to this point. Right. But so it, I've, it, I've, it's really just kind of all devolved at this point. I've, I'm reading things like Mario Party and Pokemon, five-year-old soccer game in my notes. 
Um, it's hard to say what I was thinking. It's hard to say where Rebecca's mind was a was mere all, hour ago. Truly all over the place. <laughs> I mean, this was your favorite thing, and this was recurring, so I'd, we'd be, you know, remiss not to talk oh. about it. Mel Kuyper. Mel Kuyper. Was on one. I, if I could get some of what he was Mel Kuyper was on a substance consuming. that I feel like is illegal in 50 states. Yeah. And he just looked like a Muppet on, I don't know, Adderall or something like that. And and you were pointing this out. He just seemingly also was like profusely sweating. But I think it, like, he just got sweatier as throughout the night. Throughout the night. Yeah. It was... Uh, it was a sight to behold. And just, I mean, honestly, it was inspiring. But like I was everyone, like, wow, how is he keeping up that energy? Because they cut to everyone else, and everyone else was like very much like, stand still, like sit still. We're in the, like, my headshot is all squared perfectly, yeah. and it's like, here's what I have thought. And Kuiper was like, well, I'm just flailing and flapping and moving my hair all around. And you're just like, oh, okay, Mel Kuiper, just uh, doing your thing. Good for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, also energy I could appreciate was michael irvin mm. that he just i he was like spot on every time it like he michael talked, irvin is like, a eclectic wow. is a is a yes. wow the, you are the entertainment here like i would just sit and watch you oh he's entertaining that's for sure i don't know maybe i well I'm just speaking, small doses speaking of, of entertaining mm. the titans took uh Isaiah Wilson oh, offensive wow. tackle, but that's that's neither here nor there. We don't care about the pick. What we do care about mm-hmm. was the was was Mike Vrabel's war room. Oh my god! Which what was going on? There? Which what, what? I don't know what the like. You have to look at. I tweeted this out, so you have to find the picture yourself. There, Mike Vrabel sitting at a desk. <laughs> to his left is his son. I would assume someone. With a stash Man and a mullet. Appeared to be in his 20s. <laughs> wearing old Mike Rabel Pro Bowl jersey. Over Mike Rabel's other shoulder was some guy in like a... a Morph I, suit with, but like with a the like circle for his head. logo kind of is and the like morph suit. classic blue jump, like, <laughs> or uh, gym shorts. And then in the background, literally there's the door open. And in the background, there's a guy taking a dump. I swear to God, he's taking a shit in the background of this. And I don't feel like, like everyone in there didn't realize that there was no explanation there was no explanation for you what know this... that tomorrow it's gonna be like oh he wasn't in the bathroom he was just sitting at a desk <laughs> or something there and... was no explanation for the insanity that was this this setting that we were just like suddenly thrusted on well is it mike Vrabel known as like a weird a strange guy i don't think so Maybe he was just fucking with everyone. It was just really unclear given the ages, like given the apparent ages of everyone, what just... their connection to him was. I, it was everything was confusing. <laughs> that was that was kind of the chaos that you wanted. That was the chaos I wanted. That was the kind of chaos I wanted from the stay-at-home draft, and it, we yeah. had to wait all the way till twenty-nine. But I have to say, it uh, mm. it it gave what we needed. Yeah, I'm glad we hung in there. But yeah. I, but I'm sorry to Isaiah Wilson that he was upstaged by yeah. so many white boys. Yeah. I'm sure that will not happen in Tennessee. No, <laughs> definitely not. Uh, all right, final three picks. We'll get through them. The Dolphins uh, took Noah. Oh, I'm going to let you pronounce that one. Uh, Noah Igbinogenye, I think. Yeah, all right. Yeah. I have no idea. It's Nigerian. He's Nigerian. There you go. Uh, cornerback. Minnesota then took Jeff Gladney, 
uh, also a cornerback in Kansas City, finished up the draft with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, your thoughts on these picks? Um, mm, my notes are not giving me much fodder here. Most of them are about how long the draft is <laughs> and how tired I am. I don't. I mean, I'd be interested in your take on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because he's the first running back. He is the first running back taken, and not who I thought was going to be taken. Really? Yeah, I thought. I mean, there are three clear running backs in my mind who are above him, but uh, he was someone who certainly there was a lot of excitement about him leading up to the draft. He kind of was climbing up people's boards. A pass catching back obviously makes a ton of sense in Kansas City. He's someone who I think would pair really nicely in that offense. Mm. And mm-hmm. with no one really in that backfield, has a lot. Of, he does have a lot of fantasy potential uh, if he can kind of take that role and really hold on to it. But we'll run see. Run with it. Really run with it. Uh, but we'll see. It's a little upsetting because they did draft uh, Darwin Thompson, Darwin Thompson last year, whom I have in a dynasty league. And now they've kind of, uh, kind of overlooked him. Oh, no. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know what's happening there with Darwin Thompson. But uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, first running back taken to end out the first round. I had a bold prediction that six wide receivers and two running backs would be taken. Ooh. One off on the running back So, there count. were six There were wide six receivers? wide receivers, but I was off on the uh, – off on the. I also said that uh, Jordan Love and Justin Herbert would go ahead of Tua, and that didn't happen. Tua went number five. To the Dolphins, and I said there would be three trades in the top ten picks. That also didn't happen, but uh, but we had still some chaos. Yeah. Any final thoughts? Yeah, I just want to say, like, for as much shit as we rightfully give the NFL, the NFL deserves lots of shit. Lots, lots of it, heaps of it, steaming, steaming shit. piles of heaps of shit. Yeah, but uh, this was—I was surprised at how well executed it yeah. was. Like, it there were like the classic little pauses, but for the most part, there it was seamless, and I. Uh, like, the, part of me was grateful for it because it made it seem a little bit normal. I liked the little noise for the, the pick is in. Like, do, do, there, do, there was do. semblance of yeah. a normalcy, uh, which which I appreciated. And I feel like if you're going to criticize, you also have to give credit where credit is due. Amen. And they, uh, they, yeah, they did a good job. Yeah, no, I thought that I thought that, that was, it was a good production, especially since they did a test run on Monday and evidently it was a complete and utter shit show. <laughs> so they got it, they got it together and it, it definitely worked well. It was a good quick, it was quickly thrown together uh, from a production standpoint. And I'm cute. And how do you coordinate that? Yeah, many I don't know how you do that. That many but, cameras. Oh man. But they did. And it, and yeah, it was successful all around a good, well, certainly a good product, an enjoyable first round. Yeah. Again, long. It's always long. I always forget how long it is. Yeah. Um, and we still have, what, six rounds to go. <laughs> Plenty of action to still happen. Hopefully some craziness goes down. There's a ton of wide receivers there uh, that are still out there. Tons of big names that still have to go off the board. Um, but that is it for us tonight because it is late and we have to go to bed. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, the whole nine yards. We are there. Find us at the Fake News Podcast channel. Uh, make sure to subscribe. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. You can follow myself at PM Rogers. And follow Becca at Rebecca Ryan. Uh, thanks. Thanks for coming on as always. Yeah. Uh, of course. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Until then. Peace.